Hello, this is the Englishman in Montreal, Daniel Mounter. In this podcast, um, I want to discuss the phenomenon of being let off the leash or going from a system of control and self-control to self-direction. It's a beautiful, warm June day here in Montreal. I am inside because of the exceedingly loud noises outside. Summer has truly arrived and so have all the usual insects and the construction work is well underway as well. So last episode I discussed uh, some of the aspects of personal appearance and lifestyle including personal development of exclusive brethren followers and it led me to muse on the really different um, picture before and after leaving this large system of control. Um, in this post, I'm treading a really fine line, though. It's going to be difficult to balance being too specific. I can refer to my own experiences, for example. And also generalizing and stereotyping um, the thing is, the EB system is by its own nature very black and white, very uncompromising. Um, their emphasis is on not leaving any grey zones, no ambiguities, which is actually rather, um, rather a paradox. Their emphasis is on self-control controlling everything, emotions, feelings, thoughts, and of course actions. But the important difference is there's no encouragement of self-will and self-development to the point where they even have a saying which is a, an achievement to become free from the oppression of doing one's own will. This shows that there's such a black and white division between their expectations and the reality of human nature, which is a messy, flexible, full of grey zones phenomenon. For leavers of the exclusive brethren system, when they choose or are forced to become non-followers presents a double paradox. Um, some might strike a happy medium and learn to compromise quickly. Uh, others find it very difficult with the, um, the black and white thinking, the dichotomous thinking, and may assume some other system of control they may search for another system of control um, in the search for familiarity and comfort. Or there might be somebody who would go completely off the rails in the absence of any kind of a moral compass. Um, for the exclusive brethren system, there's an important difference from groups like the Amish who allow the rumspringer, where there is a certain event in the lives of young ones at which point they can choose to experience the outside world and to leave or follow if they wish. 
that's not to say that um, many, many young exclusive brethren and some older ones too don't rebel, but they become very good at concealment. That's something I wanted to look at too. Um, other things that really influence the experience of EB followers once they're off the leash, um, especially their trajectory into the future. Um, if they have good financial and self-resource, if their means or their external support is adequate or good, and other factors like um, personality and the time spent planning, considering, weighing up the escape from the system. On the other hand, you can have those who are thrown out um, abruptly and more or less forced to fend for themselves because they've taken an action which is considered extremely taboo, but they have not planned any to any extent how they're going to manage their exit. They uh, leave without um, an exit strategy. So I want to look at those who leave not through choice. Those who leave in that pattern may be maybe people who um, resort to quite strong risk-taking um, leads to a certain inflexibility of thinking too, um, a lack of a moral compass, lack of empathy, and, as I mentioned already, a very uh, black-and-white way of looking at things, in which case they may consider that uh, all responsibilities and all authorities can be thrown away. This lack of roadmap, lack of a moral compass, if you like, is a, is a big catch for some people, unfortunately. And um, when it's applied in later life, it can become very problematic for people, especially those who've been obliged to leave the EB system in earlier years. Now there's a bit more of a focus, I believe, on supporting those who've left, at least while they're still minors or while they're still not able to fend for themselves. Um, so you have the dramatic, complete and perhaps unplanned exit who could perhaps go off the rails if not put in touch with good mentors and encouraged to develop their, their own critical thinking abilities. And there's often another type of exit, the the gentler one, which is often planned. It might include a whole family or even a whole family group, several households all leaving at the same time. And what you find with those is the exits often planned. They may even have alternative places of worship lined up, that kind of thing. Um, these groups often replace the EB system with a similar or milder version of more or less the same thing another system such as a church or a community a community meeting group and what's often found is the um in the normal time the children given more choice will branch off into even less extreme versions of the same church or perhaps become less and less involved and as it becomes apparent to these families or groups that they've traded one system of control for another essentially there tends to be a falling away gradually from religious worship religious beliefs 
and more of a return to a normal self-directed family. Um, I've often mused on why this is, why people uh, who leave a closed group like the Exclusive Brethren, which is a complete system and way of life, why they would choose to associate with another church. And at first I believed it was um, to ease the conscience to to say we're not unbelievers. We just choose to worship with people who are more genuine Christians, for example, or who are less extreme in their restrictions on your life. But what I, the tone I get when I talk to people who've gone through this pathway is that they're seeking more familiarity, the familiarity of having an organized church schedule, um, the social aspect, of course, which if you completely isolate yourself immediately from the EB system, your social system is non-existent. You have to very quickly build it up. And with a church or a, a club, a social club even, that's a ready-made system that you're joining. You don't have to go through such a dramatic change in your social your social life. Um, people who join these groups or who join another religion, for example, tend to be less swayed by fate and by circumstances because there are protections within those religious groups, A, to retain them, and B, to socially look after people. There's much more sense of community in a lot of religious groups. And although the trade-off might be that there is still a system of control, often it's so much less controlling than the EB system that people can continue in those for a long time. <clears throat> so when somebody leaves the EB system, there are some dangers, some um, warnings, if you like, that it would be good if several of them could bear in mind, uh, myself included. Um, we always refer to the danger of thinking in black and white and thinking in, in extremes, which is a characteristic of the way typically B followers think. Um, the, different, the difference is when you emerge from the EB system is you have access to the internet, which is a very double-edged sword. Um, it's an affirmation and a confirmation, really, of any belief that you choose. You can search for a confirmation of virtually anything, even an a completely immoral principle and find somewhere on the internet a support group or a bunch of individuals who think the same way. So if you've come from a religious group or a church or a cult, it's not too difficult to find people via the internet who back up. They will actually support your uh, existing beliefs or your warped ideas even the other other side of the sword of course is that the internet provides huge amounts of useful information different points of view to expand horizons and it can teach valuable life skills i know many things i learned from youtube having had the fortune to have lived outside of the eb system at the inception of YouTube, 
and I used a lot of programs to, to learn basic skills such as cooking because it allows you to choose very carefully what you want to watch. You can curate a very useful playlist and find good life skills on YouTube and other places online, of course. There's other dangers, uh, not just encountering um, the internet. The uh, exhilaration and fear of being free can cause faulty um, coping and soothing mechanisms. I know particularly as the permitted drug of choice of the EB is alcohol, that those who leave may often rely too heavily on that, especially to try to calm down social anxieties, to help feel that one is integrating with a new group of societies. Um, but also the actual feeling that anything is permitted or that all of the regulations and restrictions are off can be quite dangerous. Um, I'd use the analogy of an animal escaping from its cage that it's been in all its life. While it might enjoy the freedom, it's also severely overloaded with information. And that's a very real danger for somebody on exiting the EB system. They're absent from a stable or a consistent or what could be a moderate influence. And that can make people throw all caution to the wind. Even the valid warnings that were given to them before they left the EB system. The strong, uncompromising or inflexible attitude might still be carried over even though the ex-EB member has thrown all the caution to the wind, thrown the baby out with the bathwater, if you like. A lot of people who leave, this and other religious groups, closed societies, they may reject piecemeal the whole experience, the entire life experience as wasted years, perhaps, and refer to or advocate getting over it. The important take-home here is that one does not really get over this kind of thing. You get through the experience and you learn to process it in new ways, which can then be turned to positive advantage later on. You can turn those into experiences, into goals, and into more sound thinking if the negative aspects are turned on their head and used in a positive way. Um, the anxiety that's often bottled up, that can lead to many risk-taking behaviours uh, financially, perhaps experimenting with drugs and alcohol, becoming easily involved with um, dangerous organised societies such as criminal gangs, perhaps... Um, associating with abusive or controlling partners too and also carrying forward certain antisocial attitudes um, because in my opinion when you leave or choose to leave something like the EB system it's a growing process and it begins the very moment uh, that there's any decision or positive action taken to leave and it can go on as long as the entire time that was spent within the system.
to fully process all that's happened to one to to achieve a better critical thinking and a realization of self the other danger of carrying over too much from eb experiences is what's going to fill the void what replaces the the social void um of an obligatory meeting every single night and three to four times on a sunday what fills the void of those meetings can be as simple as what regular people do exercising entertainment and such but there is a certain vacuum left and uh, without a critical thinking process and a good planning ability it can be difficult to use that time in a positive way that's going to have long-term positive consequences um it can be a who that fills that void as well and that can be a, a significant other a partner or just a close friend who's formed after leaving the exclusive brethren it should be pointed out though that for the most part those who leave the exclusive brethren system of their own free will are not naive it takes a certain courage and bravery to leave but it also takes a certain amount of maturity and planning and thinking through of consequences to make such a major life change the real lack amongst those who choose to leave or who are thrown out is of critical thinking and forward thinking analysis skills it's more of a sense of immaturity than an actual lack of skill i would say i'm going to touch on what we'll refer to in the next um episode already when people leave the eb system and certain other churches and closed sects where they've been brought up in different cultures or in the absence of a clear culture there's a very big risk that they're open to exploitation and not necessarily by bad people but uh, simply by people who are applying basic human nature it's human nature to want to assist but it's also human nature to discover that one has a certain power over somebody or over a group of people and for that power to then either corrupt or at least cause protection and increasing of that power by the individual one example that really comes to mind um as a good analogy to the experience of leaving the eb would be oliver twist um he leaves an unhappy set of circumstances uh, with very little planning and during his trajectory he meets up with good people and bad people who are good influences bad influences and although he's not naive he is somewhat at the mercy of these different forces that push and pull him for instance when he takes up with a reputable family later on in his life the criminal gang who first captured him then kidnap him back and he's whirled into another circle of life and that can happen to people leaving the 
exclusive brethren, it often happens that they become a little bit like a ship in a wind and at the mercy of the currents. And that current can be popular opinion or it could just simply be the influence that's current in the moment. I often refer to something which I nicknamed the Jurassic Park effect. And that's to do mostly with the um, exclusive brethren's methods to retain followers. Um, many people dismiss them as brainwashers, which I think is untrue and unfair and quite simply inaccurate because to brainwash somebody you have to assume that there was originally something some belief some core in the system that can then be washed out before it's replaced with the doctrine of choice but I would prefer to call it indoctrination seeing as the EB system is a cradle to grave system now and they start from day one with the indoctrination with the uh, influencing and the way of life but the Jurassic Park syndrome I call it that because of the lysine deficit that was engineered supposedly into the DNA of the animals that would make them dependent on the food provided to them within the park only if they were to escape they would not survive or reproduce simply because of a deficit of something so by withholding certain tools from young EB followers and by denying them a true choice although outwardly protesting they have a choice to leave they're effectively ensuring that those people uh, do not have the tools for the outside world effectively that they're spoiled for the outside world um, one thing the EBs have tended to use as a means to frighten people from leaving as well particularly in the case of uh, my parents uh, using my brothers who were all thrown out of the group at an early age when I was very young they would use my brothers as a um, as a pertinent example a didactic example if you like uh, the cautionary the typical cautionary tale if you do this if you make this choice to leave and uh, go to the outside world or the world as they refer to it then you will quite possibly lose your life uh, your soul you could end up in hell but you could also end up with uh, all of the worst things that can happen to a person in life um, so real life when it starts to happen after the novelty of leaving wears off somewhat and the excitement of leaving the freedom to make so many choices for oneself what can happen is that um, the ex-EB follower will see certain things coming true prophetically uh, because real life involves certain sorrows, regrets, uh, backtrackings and compromises to work and it could be that they see this as a prophecy being manifested because it's drummed into you so much as a follower that to lose your place as an EB follower is almost certain moral death so the um, 
this principle can come back to haunt people long after they've left. I should have listened to my parents. I should have listened to this person or that person because look at how my life has ended up. I've been through this amount of sorrow. But the important thing to remember is that it's not just XEB followers who have this kind of experience. It's the experience of life and even death is a part of life which is unescapable. Taxes too. That kind of thing is inevitable and if the EB follower, a former EB follower, has rejected everything, all of the teachings, all of the cautions, perhaps of their parents or elders, then the danger is that they will uh, come to see that they should never have rejected any of the system that they were brought up in and wish to return even. The positive aspect, of course, of growing up in the Exclusive Brethren is that you're shielded from things like severe poverty. There's a big financial safety net which covers their prohibition of insurance, for example. Um, but you're also shielded from information about things such as sexually transmitted infections and of the dangers of hard drugs, for example. So these kind of these kind of things leave big holes in the knowledge and experience of those who choose to leave the EB system. And it brings me on to the subject of my next episode, which is how um, human nature can really dictate the, uh, the roadmap and the trajectory for both ex-EB followers and those who are or who become close to them. So this has been Daniel Mounter. The Englishman in Montreal. Thank you very much for listening in. And the next episodes will be made available in the next couple of days. I trust that's been interesting listening. As always, please keep your commentary coming in. I'm noticing the podcast is uploaded to quite a number more platforms now. And if you have a friend or acquaintance who you think would like to listen to this, please feel free to share the link on whichever platform you wish. Thank you very much.